Hey everyone and welcome back. So glad you could join us again for another daily devotional. Hope you're having a great week. I know I am and uh, really looking forward to another reading and discussion with you today. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the life that you offer us. Um, and we're, we're grateful that you're active in this life of ours. Uh, we pray again that uh, you would speak to us during this time, that you would make the scriptures clear to us um, and give us the, the desire and the faith to respond to you. Help us to uh, see you as the great source of life for us, the only source of life, really, the only thing that's going to bring us the kind of life uh, that can feed our souls and sustain us through all of our circumstances. We love you and we thank you in advance for this time. Amen. Today we're going to read Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came here with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. She did not give me, you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my body. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Today we're continuing our look at Jesus' interactions with the religious elite of his day. In today's reading, we see Jesus confronting a Pharisee named Simon over his judgment of a woman who Luke described as having lived a sinful life. Before we get to the important revelation that Jesus offers Simon, let's take a moment to understand what this moment would have looked and felt like. I've spoken before about reading the Bible immersively, that is, uh, to engage your imagination and experience in the text, um, to, to experience it, so to speak, through your senses. That's something that we've done pretty much every day of these devotionals, but I just thought it would be worth mentioning one more time. So we're in chapter 7 of Luke, and as such, well into the ministry of Jesus by this time. 
Uh, people all over Palestine had heard of him. It was customary for religious teachers like this Pharisee to have guests to their home, but not just anyone would have qualified for an invitation. Regular working class people probably wouldn't have been invited. So it is because Jesus was gaining a name for himself with his teaching and the miracles that he was added to the guest list this evening. What was that moment like when he and his disciples knocked on the door and were let inside? Luke gives us a clue as we read verses 40 through 46. Jesus said, you did not give me any water for my feet. You did not give me a kiss. You did not put oil on my head. These may be confusing for us at first, uh, at first read because they require context. Basically, these three things were the three basic gestures that a host would extend to his guests in a Jewish home to welcome them and, and signify hospitality. You can imagine what feet were like after walking around on dirt roads and sandals all day. Water was the simple remedy to the dust and heat of traveling by foot. There was nothing romantic about the kiss Jesus references here. Rather, a kiss on the cheek was a basic sign of respect and camaraderie that Jews would share with one another, especially if the guest was a distinguished rabbi like Jesus. And any well-mannered host would also offer a pinch of incense or a dip of scented oil to their guests to make them feel at home. Imagine how awkward it must have been when Jesus entered the house and was offered none of these. How blatantly disrespectful. I promise you that no one would have missed it. Who knows what the dinner conversation was like, but I can't imagine that it included much teaching from Jesus. I don't believe that Simon and his family and the other religious people he certainly would have invited had much interest in what Jesus thought about anything, really. My sense is that this was all a show and that Jesus had been brought as a sort of centerpiece for Simon to display in front of everyone who he admired and from whom he wanted admiration. The dinner would have been arranged around a series of low tables, either in a square or a U-shape, uh, with all the dinner guests reclining on their sides, propped up on their elbows and with their feet back and away from the tables. It wasn't uncommon for people of the house and other less distinguished visitors to observe dinner and listen to the conversation, though. After all, one never knew when the next pearl of wisdom would be revealed by one of the religious leaders. And what better time to catch an insight when several of them came together to discuss and debate. I wonder if anyone noticed the woman slip into the crowd of onlookers. Uh, I'm sure they were surprised, to say the least, when she edged forward towards Jesus, ex exposed in the gap that fell between them and the men at the table. I wonder if anyone tried to hold her back or if everyone simply held their breath and waited to see what she was going to do. Honestly, I have the feeling that she didn't even know what she was going to do. I think her body was simply being drawn by the magnetic force of Jesus' grace. Luke doesn't tell us exactly what made this woman sinful, but a number of biblical commentaries suggest that she was most likely sexually promiscuous, maybe a prostitute. Women like her were known to keep perfume in small alabaster jars, more like vials, which were worn around the neck. As I imagine this scene and consider who I know Jesus to be, I see him 
politely breaking into the conversation of the table and asking if he could tell a story. I imagine his voice to be soft yet strong, commanding yet somehow gentle. He, he had to have been easy to listen to. I see him asking to share a story with the audience in front of him, but in actuality, the story was intended for the audience behind him. An audience of one. The woman who his father had just told him needed to be assured that she was accepted and loved. Maybe he told the story of a man who found a treasure in the field and sold everything he had to buy the field and enjoy the treasure. Maybe he talked about the young ox who was hooked up with the old ox who would help shoulder the weight of life's burdens. I'm the old ox, Jesus would say, so come to me if you're weak and burdened, and I will give you rest so deep that it touches your soul. Maybe he told the story of the prodigal son who had wrecked his own life, but who had come to his senses and had come home to his father. Whatever it was, the woman felt the gratitude of being welcome in the presence of God. Despite what she had done and who she had become, she could feel that she had a home, and that home was with Jesus. And she broke down. Jesus kept on talking, offering a buffer between her and the stairs that were coming at her from all directions. She was completely overcome with the weight of her life, the desire to be forgiven, and the voice that was whispering to her heart that everything was going to be okay. She couldn't help her tears, and then they were falling all over Jesus' feet. Not wanting to disrespect him, surely, but delirious in her emotions, she put down her hood and undid her hair so that she could use it as a rag. And in a final act of repentance, she poured out her old life on Jesus' feet, the sweet scent of her perfume filling the courtyard and wafting into the house. As she sobbed loudly and scrubbed Jesus' feet clean, there was no missing what was going on now. Every eye in the room was on her, except, I think, for Jesus. He was looking at the faces of the men at the table, completely unfazed. And then he saw his host curl his lip and wrinkle his face in disgust, then mutter under his breath that if Jesus really was who people said he was, there'd be no way that he associated with somebody like her. Simon, I have something to tell you. The woman continued on behind Jesus, but now the attention of the room was back at the table. Jesus presented a hypothetical to Simon about two people in debt, one for 500 denarii and the other for 50. Now, a denarius in Jesus' time would have been about one day's wages for a laborer. So let's just stop and get real with these numbers and assume that a day laborer would have made, let's say, $30,000 a year in today's money. That works out to about $115 per day, assuming a normal 40-hour work week. So using those numbers in Jesus' hypothetical situation, one debtor owed just under $5,800, while the other, the one with the 500 denarii debt, owed almost 58000 Now, when you're making $30,000 a year, 5800 is a fairly big debt to carry. It would mean tightening things up on a budget that's already very tight. 
in order to pay off that debt. But at the end of the day, it would be doable. $58,000 in debt though, on $30,000 a year of income, your debt would be almost two years worth of your regular income. Do you know what that kind of debt is like? That kind of debt is crushing. That kind of debt feels impossible to pay off on your own. With that kind of debt, you need help and you need it badly. Even Simon could recognize that as we read in verse 43. Jesus would go on to tell him that there's a direct correlation between what you've been given and what you're willing to give, between forgiveness and love. You didn't give me a basic greeting, Simon, and it's because you don't think I'm worthy of you. But this woman has given me everything she has because she doesn't think she's worthy of me. You brought me here to make yourself look better, but it's clear that you don't think you need me at all. She needs me so badly that she's kissing my feet. You detest my presence, and she's been overcome by it. I bet that at this moment, Jesus finally turned around. The, the woman had joined everyone else in listening to Jesus, and so their gazes finally locked. I imagine Jesus smiling reassuringly and telling her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. How about us today? What, what have we learned from Jesus? Where are we when it comes to our need for him and our appreciation for the forgiveness that he offers? Do we see ourselves as desperate without him? One way to begin answering those questions is to reflect on your association with Jesus. Here's what I mean by that. Are you proud to know him? Do you, do you talk about him as a friend? Do you see him as infinitely greater than you and yet your friend at the same time? Or do you only hang out with him in private? Do you claim him only when he fits in with the crowd that you're part of? and then push him to the back when he doesn't. Let's each one of us take time to reflect on those questions today and see what the Lord has to say to us. Remember, he, he won't condemn us when he speaks to us, even if we're in the wrong, but he may ask us to change. Regardless, I want you to know that there is great acceptance and great forgiveness in Jesus for those who need him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for this message, for this revelation of who you are, and we accept that. Pray that you would work that message over in our hearts today. We thank you for your grace towards us, for your great forgiveness, and we pray that we would uh, acknowledge our need for you daily so that we can live in your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.